0: Today we're going to be looking again at uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And um, we're also going to be looking at Romans chapter 4, Exodus chapter 3, and um, Numbers chapter 13. We'll we'll start out with uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Verse 13. Well, actually, we'll start out. Yeah, I'll read verse 13, then I'll give it context. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Verse 5. For we preach not ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body. "'The dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. "'For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, "'that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. "'So then death works in us, but life in you. "'We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, "'I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak.' Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise up us also by Jesus, and shall present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that the abundance of grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. That's really good news as you get older. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, for us is a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, or temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word brings us revelation, gives light and understanding. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. Father, we trust him today to speak through my lips, to speak through my mouth. And Father, that you'll give us revelation, understanding, and impart to us exactly what we need that will leave today and never be the same again in Jesus' name. Well, we just finished with a series about uh, overcoming anxiety and uh, really the way you do that is you submit to God first And then you resist the devil, as uh, 2 Peter uh, tells us. You actually have to come under the mighty hand of God. And so uh, I'll not belabor it, but I will say this that many times we try to uh, take care of things ourselves apart from God without relying and trusting upon Him. And one of the things that you can find yourself caught up in very easily, I have is you have these pressures and things that come against you and come against your mind, come against your finances, come against uh, your family, and you're like, okay, Lord, here, I'm giving you this care, and then all of a sudden you're like, you're you're thinking about it again, and you're thinking about it again, you're thinking about it again. Well, it's really best to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God and say, okay, I feel like I even know what to do in this situation, but Lord, I'm coming under you, and I'm looking to you, and I need you. And that's why we talked about in uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas are in prison. They're bound up. Their hands are bound. Their feet are bound. I like what Pastor Mark says, but you should have taken my mouth shut. Because they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Sometimes, you know, uh, the only way to get the uh, attacks of the devil off of you is to begin to praise. But sometimes you know, like, you should begin to praise uh, but you like you just need that extra oomph to actually do it. Well I believe many times what that is is we need to do what 2 Peter chapter 3 says is we need to humble ourselves in the mighty hand of God and that's what Paul and Silas did. It says they prayed and sang praises unto God. And so while we know that uh, the cattle on a thousand hills are the Lord's and we're not under the curse uh, financially, we're not under the curse physically, we're not under the curse spiritually, uh, Jesus still said, "You have not because you asked not." And so Peter, and, uh, or excuse me, Paul and Silas were in prison. They're all bound up. And sometimes I think the best way to actually begin to praise from your heart is to say, "Lord, help." Like, look at this situation that I'm in, but not just to say, "Lord, help, poor me," but to say, "Lord help, you have the answer. I know when I call unto you, you answer me." Every time you hear when I pray, because the word says that, and stand upon that, and then you pray and sing praises unto God. And so I think it's a real key, and um, you know, having done the series, uh, you know of course, the Lord keeps bringing up more and more about it, uh, even in my personal life and in my ministerial life, and that I think it's so important for us to always remember that we need to look to God. Like we have been given all of these things that the Bible tells us through the knowledge of Jesus Christ through the Word, uh, things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of Him. And so we have the knowledge of Him, but we can never uh, neglect turning our hearts to Him, asking him. Uh, because uh, you guys refer to Keith Moore. He said that uh, — oh I've heard him say I think a couple different ways, but a thousand and one things can be answered with two words: Be led. Like, should I buy this car? Well, the Lord wants you to be blessed. The Lord wants to take care of you. He will take care of you. But, like, this specific car, uh, the Bible doesn't say in the year 2016, if you're getting another car, that you should get this model this year, this new or used or whatever. You have to, like, let the Lord speak to you and through you. And I know when my grandmother passed away, Uh, right before she passed away we went and saw her and uh, we got a call later that night or into the morning, early hours of the morning really, uh, that she went into cardiac arrest. And um, I kind of put up my spiritual antenna, if you know what I mean. You're kind of like looking to the Lord on the inside and uh, not getting all emotional about it. And when I looked to the Lord, I said, Lord, how should should I pray? Uh, I had a witness on the inside. She's gone. She's already gone to heaven. Well, um uh, so I said, okay. And so Melody's like, we rebuke death in the name of Jesus and we can, you know, all this type of stuff. And um, uh, she was emotionally uh, uh, had unction, emotionally, but not really from the spirit because I said to her afterwards, like in the, you know, we're praying and stuff and uh, she's like, I, I just don't know. I don't understand. And I said, well, I said, I, I got from the Lord like we're not, she's like, you know, I actually had that too, but I didn't want it to be that way. And, um, so even in, uh, uh, challenging emotional parts of our life, we should look to the Lord because why? Well, you know, um, my grandmother was actually, uh, lived a long, full life. She was up into her eighties. And, uh, so maybe that's a little different, but I've been involved in other situations with younger people and, uh, I don't want to go too far down this route, but sometimes spiritual laws get set in motion that can't be reversed at that time because of things that have been spoken, things that have been done. And uh, you, you and I will go in and say, well, the Word says, you know, depending on how you interpret it, and I'm not getting into that, but at least 70 years and you know, some people beyond and all of that, and this person's younger than that, and this shouldn't be happened, and this isn't your will. Well, uh, the Bible says, uh, plead your case, set forth your cause, but the Lord also pleads His case. And uh, certain times you'll go to plead for someone and you're going to put your faith out there and you have like just this, there's, you feel like you're out there all alone. You ever done that? I've gone to pray for somebody and you feel like, hey Lord, like uh," it says that the Lord went with them working. And it was like you're like praying this all without the Holy Ghost. And you're like, something's wrong. And so you seek the Lord and uh, uh, the Lord will uh, direct you. And um really to sum that up, because I didn't intend to say all of that at all this morning, uh, but to sum that up is the Lord really will work with us and he'll give us the best that we allow him to give us under the circumstances. And, uh, you know, the, the one of the stories I have to finish because I started that was um, uh, Brother Hagen was ministering to this family that had lost a, uh, a son at uh, right before he turned 40. And uh, he got to talking with the son's brother at the visitation, and uh, the brother said, You know, he, um, he always said, I'll never live to see age 40. And um, when Brother Hagan had been praying about it, he didn't tell him until the son told him this, but he was praying about this, like, Lord, what, what is this? And uh, uh, the Lord said, Spiritual laws has been set in motion that cannot be reversed at this time. Release his spirit, let him go. And then when the mother overheard the, son, uh, the other son, the brother, say that, she said, you know, he did always say that, didn't he? And so um, uh, all I know is if you are led by the Spirit of God, it's a lot easier to trust God. It's a lot easier to be in faith. I know when we came out here, uh, we were led of the Spirit of God to come here. And there's great security in that. Because I I don't have to look and say like, well, I just decided to do this and I just thought about this because if I did that, what would happen? Well, then doubts are going to creep in because um, the grass always looks greener on the other side, so to speak. And so you look at it and you say, oh, this is great. It's going to be wonderful. And then you get in the middle of it and there's lots of challenges, lots of tests, lots of trials. But we overcome all of them. But it's a lot easier when you have that solid ground of, I know the Lord told me to do this. So if you find yourself this morning in a situation where, like, you're doing something that uh, you don't know that the Lord told you to do, his, his grace is made perfect in weakness. You just, same thing, go to him, turn to him. He has the answer for every situation, anything that we're in. And, um, you know, you can't, like, get yourself in such a bad situation that he can't help you, really, that he hasn't already conquered what you're going through. And, um, you know, somebody said, How you feeling? And uh, Pastor Mark said, I'm feeling the same way that Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. <laughs> so I'm feeling the same way that Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. Meaning what? This temptation, this feeling, this pressure. Jesus felt the same pressure, and but he overcame it. Now we should overcome it Based on his strength and his ability, but you know what? Even if we don't, he actually gained the victory for us, and then he paid the penalty for us missing it and not even doing it. Like we have the best life in the world, we have the full package. So we have the same spirit of faith, according to as it's written. I believe, therefore, have I spoken. We all we believe, and therefore also speak. And we talked last week uh, about uh, verse seven, that or excuse me, verse eight. We're troubled on every side yet not distressed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. I want to read that in William Barclay's translation. We are sore pressed, well actually I'll I'll start with uh, just verse 7, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the power which surpasses all things may be seen to be of God and not of us. We are sore pressed at every point but not hemmed in. We are at our wits' end, but never at our hopes' end. We are persecuted by men, but never abandoned by God. We are, oops, we are knocked down, but not knocked out. In our bodies, yeah, we're knocked down, but we are not knocked out. And so we see that the spirit of faith, no matter what comes, come hell or high water, the spirit of faith does what? believes God, and does what? Speaks. I believed, therefore have I spoken. And so I love the illustration. I think I used it a few weeks ago. If you take a basketball that's properly inflated and you get into a swimming pool and you push that thing under the water, what's going to happen? It comes right back up. In fact, if you jump in with that basketball and you jump in wrong, it's going to hurt you because it does not want to be kept underwater. But can you push it under? Sure, you can push it under, but what happens? It always comes back up. It comes up, it comes up, it comes up, it comes up. That's like the spirit of faith. It doesn't matter really what the world does to you, what circumstances happen to you. You always win. You always come up. Why? Because you always believe God, and you always speak according to your belief, and your belief is based upon the word of God. So Joshua and Caleb... Had that same spirit of faith. Let's let's look over at Numbers uh, chapter thirteen. Numbers chapter thirteen. Uh, we'll start reading uh, at length in verse thirty, but just to give you some context, uh, verse one: and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "Send you out men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I gave to the children, which I give to the children of Israel." All right, so the Lord is giving this land to the children of Israel. Verse 17, And Moses sent them out to spy out the land of Canaan. Verse 26, uh, yeah, I'll just start reading verse 26. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel under the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. You know, it had just said in previous verses that they picked off the grapes and it took two men to carry these grapes. Uh, they were so big and so um, luscious. Verse 27. And they told him and said, We came unto the land where you sent us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. They're presenting it back to Moses after they came back. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, uh, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And so, you know, I could just picture this. I was picturing it while I was studying it. You've got basically, uh, the Lord said, I've given you this land. And Moses said, okay, now go and spy out the land. And they picked a leader from each one of the 12 tribes of Israel and sent them to spy out the land. And so they go and they see like this land of prosperity flowing with milk and honey, uh, more prosperous than what they've ever seen. And they bring back some of uh, the goods from that land, and they're all excited, and they bring them back, and then of course they see the giants in the land. And They bring it and present it to Moses, and all the people are around, and there's a lot of uh, commotion, like, oh, look at this. This is great. This is great, You know, but there's giants in the land. And so Caleb, in the midst of this, it says, verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses. So he's like, hold on, hold on, stop talking, because you know like those people from the 12 tribes, those leaders, because we know kind of the story that I'm going to read in a minute, but we know some of them... Had what the Bible calls an evil report, and they said we are not able to take the land. Joshua's uh, getting, uh, excuse me, Caleb's getting ready to say something different, but you know they're saying like, "Did you see this? I can't believe it. I've never seen a grape that big. Can I taste it? Can I touch it? I want to see it." And others are like, "Well, yeah, it's really these are huge. That's amazing, but do you know like these people are huge? They will annihilate us. They will kill us. They've got people in the mountains, people in the valley, people over there. We can't do this. We can't do it." And so. Uh, Caleb says, hold on, hold on, hold on. He stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Well able to overcome that land. So in the midst of all of this commotion, all of these thoughts of man, all of these what it seems like, what it looks like, what it feels like, he says, whoa, 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 hold on. We are well able to overcome it. Well, you realize when you get your words out there, I get my words out there, or more importantly, God gets his word out there, then you have solid ground to stand on. Okay? So he's seeing all this go on, and he knows like this has to be stopped. We have to like nip this in the bud. Because if we don't, it's going to grow and flourish and produce fruit after its own kind. And what they're discussing is defeat and annihilation. And actually, later on, if you read what they, they talk about, is they started to think, they're like, you know, we're no match for these people. And our, we're going to be killed, and they're going to take our wives and kids. And so they're even looking like, you know, the wives are back home and they're kind of like, well, this is great. We should go in like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This is going to be like defeat. So in your life and my life, we may look and, and have these uh, circumstances come against us. And uh, all of a sudden we or those close to us may start to speak defeat in the situation. Well, like, you know, yeah, that, that sickness is getting worse, and it's, it's probably going to have to go to the hospital, and probably going to have to have a specialist, and probably this is going to have to happen. And for each of us, we should do exactly what Caleb did. We should still the people. And sometimes the most important people to still is the one in the mirror. You look in the mirror, and sometimes I think, I've done it. You look in the mirror, it can actually help you because you kind of think it's funny when you're looking in the mirror. <laughs> you're like, Timothy, you're not going to act like that? You're not going to talk like that? That's right. That's you know, uh, David did the same thing. You know, he said he kind of grabbed himself by the shirt collar and said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And you can change the course of thoughts that thoughts left unaddressed will then become words. And then those words will become actions. And so we actually have to speak the truth of the word of God. Uh, Remember what uh, I don't know if you know Reinhard Bonnke, but Reinhard Bonnke was meditating in the Word, and um, uh, the Lord said to him that um, my words in your mouth are just as powerful as my words in my mouth. Think about that. And so, you know, the more I study, the more I grow, the more I learn, the more I'm like, speak the Word only. Like the man said to Jesus, Speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. And so, you know, um, it's kind of easy to get the mentality of, Well, I'm one of the ten, not one of the two. Like, that's great that the two are there. I want to be where the two are, but I don't feel like I am where the two are. Well, uh, let's look, and we'll uh, go back to Numbers chapter 13 in just a second, but let's look over at Romans chapter 4 at Abraham, our father in the faith. Uh, We'll read Romans chapter 4, and um, I'll start with verse 16. "'Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, "'to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, "'not only to those which is of the law, "'but also to them which are of the faith of Abraham.'" That's us, "'who is the father of us all.'" Verse 17 of Romans chapter 4. As it's written, I have made thee the father of many nations before him who he believed, even God, who quickens the dead or makes alive the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. This is good news. If you can think of an area in your life... Where you want to see the scenery change, and you know how the scenery. Maybe you're real familiar with the scenery. Maybe you have like uh, lived with the scenery for uh, your whole life. Um, God who calls those things which be not as though they were. This is Abraham and Sarah, ninety and nine years old, ninety-nine years old. Uh, Sarah was like what ninety or something, and her womb, naturally speaking, was dead, and Abraham couldn't perform anymore. And the Lord says, I have made you the father of many nations. Uh, Let's go ahead and and read that. Verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope. Who, uh, let me give my paraphrase. Who, when there was no hope, had hope. Uh, Or who, when it was beyond hope, hoped. That he might become the father of many nations. I'll pause here again for a second. And that's to say that um, there was a period in uh, my relationship, my marriage with my wife, where we wanted to have kids. And um, we were unable to have kids. Not for a long time. Some people have had it for a very long period of time. For us, it was just about, uh, I think, uh, a year and two months. And, um, you know when you are wanting to have kids, uh, the sexual experience can become, uh, what do you call it, challenging or like, you know, you're like, uh, you don't want to suffer the disappointment of sowing a seed and not reaping a harvest. And so you come to that and, you know, uh, we actually had, had a miscarriage uh, right before this. And so your heart's kind of tender. Your emotions are a little tender. And, you know, but you, you know the word and you're trusting the Lord. And, uh, but, you know, it's just like, you know, normally that's a very pleasurable experience. And it still can be and still would be. But you have extra challenges. So you got to put yourself like where Abraham and Sarah were. Like, I want to give, she would say, like, I want to give my Lord or my husband a child and I'm not able to do it. And the frustration that's there, and the emotions that are there, and the inadequacies, feeling like, I don't measure up, I'm not uh, enough to do this. I mean, so much so that she's like, uh, take the maid that lives in our house. Like That's how inadequate she felt, how uh, unable she felt. And um, I think a lot of times we look at these stories that we know are true, but we don't really personify them and realize, like, what's all going on here? What's happening? So in the midst of this, God speaks, right? So in the midst of your despair and your gloom and your defeat, the Lord will speak. But that's not enough. Just because God spoke, we have to act on what he said. We have to respond to what he said. And so this is where we find what Abraham was doing. Who against hope, that's what I was explaining was against hope. That's why it's against hope. Like we've tried this for years and years and years and years, and it hasn't worked. Like now you're saying it's going to work. Believed uh, that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Uh, I don't know which translation it is, but there's a translation that actually says, and having considered his body, he considered not. In other words, he thought about it, he's like, look at the condition of my body, and look at the condition of your body, Sarah. So he did think about it. So it's not bad to think about it, but having considered, he considered not. In other words, having considered, he looked after the natural, after the natural course of things, he said, you know what? I'm not going that route. I've been that route before. That route doesn't work. God said something according as it was spoken. So I'm going according to what the word of God said, what God spoke. That's what I'm resting on. That's what I'm settling on. That's what I'm counting on. That's what I'm trusting in. I'm trusting in according to what God had said. Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he promised, he was able also to perform. So, you know, sometimes you look and you say, well, like, maybe I'm one of the 10. You know, like, well, what if I'm one of the 10? you ever notice that? The flesh always wants to take like the defeated route or the worst case scenario or this is gonna happen on the negative side. Faith always has a good report. Faith is always like, my God shall supply all of my needs. Well, this just costs you, like I can use my own example, an extra $100. Well, yeah, but that money's gonna come in. Uh, the Lord's just gonna provide more money then. That's not really a problem for him. It's only a problem if I put a dam in the works. Like I dam up the, the flow with my words. And so uh, the Lord will always provide. Well, I want to ask you something, and you don't have to answer out loud, but do you believe that God can do anything? Do you believe that anything, let me uh, help, because if you've been in the faith walk for a long time, do you believe God can do anything that his word says that he can do? That God is able to do anything that he said he could do in his word? Can you say praise the Lord? Can you say glory to God? Okay. Then you're in the same position exactly as Abraham. Because he said, he staggered not at the promise of uh, God but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So you just said you could do that. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised what he said in his word, he was able also to perform. Isn't that awesome? So that means that you and I, if we're in that position, we're really strong in faith because the Bible says we are if we do that. So if you believe God is able to do what he promised and where it comes home is, do you believe he's able to do what he promised for you? So sometimes we'll like push it off or, you know, Hebrews 11 one says, now faith is faith is right now. Faith is right here. Faith is today. What does that mean? Well, that means the way you can find out if you're trusting God in the situation is what are you doing right now today about your situation? Like, what are you speaking? How are you acting? Uh, what What thoughts are you letting remain and settle in? Right? Because if you have thoughts contrary to the word of God, the answer is the word of God. You transform your mind with the word of God. We learn in Romans. And when you transform your mind, then all of a sudden you start to speak other things. And Abraham believed God according to that which was spoken. So what do we do? Well, we take the word of God and we speak the word of God. And then we believe according to that which was spoken. In other words, uh, you know, I would say like, I need to get this out in the atmosphere because you realize That there are, um, I'll get this right here. You realize that there are uh, unseen beings in the atmosphere. There are angels, there are demons, God is unseen. And sometimes you need to speak something as much for yourself as for any other beings that may, may be listening. Because why? I mean, this whole thing was created because God spoke. And so Abraham, our father of faith, he believed according to what God spoke. So what would happen if we found in the word of God what God said, we put that same word in our mouth and we spoke it, do you think we'd have solid uh, tracks to put our train on and go down? Like we could actually say that I don't feel like it, but I know that the word of God says by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. And if I was healed, that means I must be healed. And if I am healed, that means I don't have to stay in bed. I don't have to be weak. I don't have to succumb to whatever that uh, sickness is trying to place upon me or that it feels like it's there. So remember, like Abraham and Sarah, they have, they have tried to have kids and tried to have kids and tried to have kids and then tried to do it their own way. And uh, the Lord spoke. And so, what did they do? He, having considered, he considered not. So, he thought about it. He thought about, oh, we've done this and we've tried this and it didn't work. And, you know, then, you know, she gave me her maiden and, you know, I'm supposed to have a child through her. God said I'd have a child through. So, like, now the Lord speaks in this and says, and he said, you know what? That's what I'm hanging on the words that he spoke. I mean, you know, they say, like, God said, let there be light. And the scientists tell us that if you look at the universe, it is continually expanding at the speed of light. So as fast as we have the instruments to perceive the expansion of the universe because of a word that, or words that God spoke, it's actually still expanding, still creating. So what do you think if we take those... That same substance, those same words that God spoke, and we speak it. He said, I have given you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of, enemy, of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means or in any way harm you. So Jesus came, of course, we know that, and uh, we're all amazed at what he did and how he lived, but you know, everything that he did, he did under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because Colossians tells us that he laid aside all of his great powers, all of his great abilities, all of his great wealth, all of the great wonders that he had from the time creation began, when he was the agent in creation with the Holy Spirit, and he laid all of that aside, and he became like one of us. One difference, he was not born of the seed of man, he was born of the seed of the Holy Spirit so that he could be a perfect, spotless, sinless lamb, that he could actually encounter every challenge, every difficulty that we would ever encounter, and... Be sinless in it. And then, being sinless, take upon every mistake, every problem, every failure, the, the uh, spiritual death that we had in ourselves so that we could then, it could be flipped around. He could take our life. Like, he's like the greatest Trojan horse, right? I mean, the devil was like shocked. He led him into hell itself so that he could actually conquer hell itself and gain victory over hell itself. So, like, so he, like, he like had the, the penalty of everything and uh, overcame it all for you and for me. So like, I don't care. Like, that's why I love Psalm 139. If, if I go into the very pits of hell, even there, your hand will lead me, your hand will guide me. We can't go anywhere that the spirit of God is not. And we can't go anywhere that the Lord Jesus himself has not paid the price for. I mean, you just picture that up in heaven. Like right now, you feel like you've got a special situation or a special thing that, you know, well, maybe the Lord doesn't know about this. And Jesus is like, you know, Father, I messed it up. I went down, and I did not anticipate that failure. I didn't, Holy Spirit, why didn't you prompt me? Like, I was relying upon you. I mean, can you imagine that? But we have the word for it, right? He was tempted or tried or tested in all points like we are, yet without sin. And so we know... That um, there's not a battle, there's not a defeat that you could make that Jesus has not already overcome. That the blood of Jesus doesn't already take it care of and annihilate and expunge and remove. So, like in the Old Testament, you know they they had the, the priest would go into the holy holies once a year and um, uh, apply blood for the sins of the people, but that blood was really just a covering. But under the new covenant, the blood is a cleansing agent meaning like it removes as if it never existed before to the point that it never existed before. So um, we have to think in line with the word of God if we're going to get results in line with the word of God. So when you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you, I forgive you, and to cleanse you, meaning not cover it, not like we were looking at that one old house and it had like seven layers of old paint, and like you could take off the top layer and another layer, another. It got down, it was like green. And I think, I don't know if there's a blue layer as well, but there are many layers. And so like when we uh, uh, look at the word of God that way, we're not looking according to what the Bible says because we're looking like, okay, yeah, I know I did that, but it's covered up. So now the Lord, he sees me all. I got this beautiful white paint on me, but really he knows underneath that there's this layer of rottenness. That's not the Bible. The Bible says that we have been cleansed from all unrighteousness if you confess your sins as a believer. And so when the Lord sees you, he actually sees you the same way he sees Jesus. He sees you through the blood of Jesus, and he sees me through the blood of Jesus. And so we are um, perfect in his sight. It's as if we never sinned, as if we never messed up. And so the challenge really is not to get God to see us that way because that's how he sees us. The challenge is how do you see yourself? How do I see myself? What do you see your position to be with God? And um, we will um, look at that next week. Stand with me if you would every head bowed and every eye closed if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior or you're listening online and you don't know Jesus Christ uh, you don't need to clean up in fact you can't clean up to come to him he loves you just the way you are in fact he died for you when uh, you were messing up uh, when you weren't good enough when you couldn't make it because of his love for you and for me If you're in that condition and you would like to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, I invite you just to come down front and I'll pray with you. If you're listening online, email us at info at anchordc.org and we'll pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that you have sown into our hearts. Father, I thank you that your word is alive, that your word is powerful, that your word drives out doubt that your word drives out fear, that your word opens up new life and new revelation and new understanding, that your word gives a bright light to our path, that we know which way to go because you show us and you reveal to us and you open up to us the pathway that we are to walk in. Father, I thank you that you have actually ordained our steps before time, before we were even born, Father, that you set a course for us. I pray for each and every person that's here and each and every person that's listening, Father, that we wouldn't be one step out of the path that you have planned for us, Father. I thank you for the Holy Spirit, whom you've given to us that he is our helper, he is our leader, he is our guide, that he puts us in the right path, he gives us the right things to speak, the right things to say, he reminds us of everything that you said to us, brings your word up before us, and gives us the ability to boldly confess and boldly speak and boldly make a path that you want us to walk in. Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for your blessing upon us that we are not under the curse, but that we are blessed with every spiritual blessings in heavenly places, seated with Jesus Christ at your right hand. Father, thank you for bringing us into your family, for drawing us close, for making us your sons and your daughters, for bringing us to be part of what you're doing in the earth, showing us things to come, and opening up your word to us. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over every family that's represented here and online, Father, I plead the blood of Jesus. May the blood of Jesus and what the blood has accomplished be applied in our lives. May we experience your very best. May we rise to the top and come to the top. May we be exceedingly growing in faith and understanding and revelation and in our relationship with you. Father, I pray that you put words in our mouth, that as we speak to the lost and as we speak to those that are not living in line with the Word, that you'd give us words to speak that are full of grace and seasoned with salt. Father, that your Word would come out of our mouth like a tongue of fire. Father, that uh, our tongues would be like the pen of a ready writer, that that writer inspiration would be from you. And Father, that we would just flow with your Spirit and allow you to use our bodies, use our minds, use our lips and our tongue, Father, to speak your words into the earth realm and into the lives of those that need help and hope and healing and strength and understanding. Father, we thank you for the gospel, that Jesus is our Lord, that Jesus is alive, and that Jesus is alive in us here today. We trust you with everything that we are and everything that's in us. In Jesus' name, amen.